File corrupted. Beginning recovery process. Alright! And here we are, state of the save. But this is not normal state of the save. And I'm not with Nick and Michael. What is going on? This is a, a crazy alternate world that we're living in here. This is uh, episode one of our new bonus show that we announced last episode. Um... Foul Corrupted. I forgot the name of my own bonus show for a second there. Uh, where we're going to be talking about just stuff all over the world of video games. We're going to be talking about modern games, video game stuff, whatever it is, whatever we strikes our fancy. And I'm sitting here, and you're not Michael. I'm not. Who are you, man? What are you doing in my home? Well, I'm Zach. Uh, you know me from work. Um, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. So, this is cool, man. I like yeah. the setup. Very and cool. reason why Zach is here today, because Zach, of all the people that I know, is the one other person that loves Doom Eternal as much as I do. And neither of my other two co-hosts were cool enough to want to just come on and talk about Doom Eternal, much less talk about the new DLC with the Ancient Gods. So I was like, Zach's, Zach's my man. He's going to be on here. We're going to talk some Doom. And this is actually perfect timing, because we've been talking about doing this for a while. But Doom Eternal, we were like, hey, we'll do part one, and then we'll come back and do part two. And then two days later, they dropped part two on us. Yeah. yeah. So here we are. <laughs> and now, Zach, real quick, you've already played through part two, correct? I did, yes. I just beat it not even an hour before I came over here. Okay, so we... Today... Just kind of give you guys the landmark how we plan on doing this. Uh, we're going to be focusing mostly on part one of the Ancient Gods, which is the big DLC plan that they had after Doom Eternal came out that finished really finishes up the story, I guess, is the I, best I way. I say it wraps it in a nice little bow. Yeah, puts it in a bow, kind of makes it all nice. And, you know, really kind of, to me, from what I can tell so far, I've only played through the uh, part one, and then obviously we're going to do something with part two. Here's a big elaborate spoiler here but um this is almost like a sequel that they've just released in dlc form like it's a complete story for a tunnel and then this seems to be a complete story for the ancient gods is that kind of a accurate way to describe this yeah i'd say so it's a much smaller scale base game but they still add you know new enemies even though they're reskins there's they still add interesting ideas to the combat and variety so i'm, I'm a fan yeah man it's good um, so kind of starting off, let's, uh, let's start at the beginning here. <laughs> so, you, like, your Doom love is more than even me. Like, you, you impress me sometimes with the knowledge you have about Doom. But let's kind of talk about Doom Eternal real quick before we get into the Ancient Gods. Um, what about the Doom franchise, I guess, kind of draws you to this franchise? Well, it actually started a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I was, this man, Lucas is going to come after us yeah. if we start dropping these things. We'll get in trouble. Well, don't worry. I will reference Attack of the Clones because of the Ancient Gods Part 1. So it, there's a method to the madness. I'm writing down here that we're going to have to cut everything <laughs> that gets me sued, all right? No, well, it's just a reference. Okay. okay. Um, to, but, yeah, I, my mom played Doom. Uh, really? Yeah, the, the old 93 Doom. 
like on that, PC, and uh, I, we had a computer at my house. I was, God, six? Definitely not really should be playing that. But on keyboard, the control key was the fire key. Okay. So she would let me hit the control key for her as she maneuvered through the, the maps. That's a freaking, like, cool bonding experience. Like, this concept, like, okay, fire, 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 fire. And then her doing all... That's actually really cool. Like, as a as a dad, that's like a heartwarming thing. Man. Yes, it's, it was quite nice. And and then my dad, actually, he's the first person that I knew beat Doom without cheat codes. My mom would always do cheat codes. Yeah. The, the classic IDD, QD. And Just kind of... Like, man, that's like... Doom is like a family affair in your it's household. A, it's a family thing, man. It, as soon as uh, Doom Eternal came out, you know, my mom was like, I'll watch you play it. That's really... Man, that's a, I did not expect to have heartwarming discussions here on this Doom episode. Yeah, because uh, Doom itself is not heartwarming at all. No! <laughs> there's lots of hearts that get warm. I mean, you set people on fire and stuff, yeah, and, but not a lot of... And you force-feed the Mancubus heart to the Mancubus, yeah. which is good. You're like, take my emotions... But dude, like that's a really that's a cool kind of like origin story of the your kind of love for the franchise. Like, my my parents played video games kind of sparingly mm-hmm. growing up. Like, my mother was like a, I kind of have a similar thing with like Galaga. Okay. So um, I have like a weird obsession that if there's a Galaga machine within like a half a mile of wherever I'm at, I'm going to play it. Because my earliest memories of like when my mom was younger and I was a little kid. That would be like the one game she would stop and like we would always play. So it's like it's weird how these little things stick with you that I don't even realize it until like I talk to my kid about it. Like we'll be at the arcades at Myrtle Beach or something and it's like we're going to spend an hour and a half of dad just sitting here playing Galaga because it makes this warm feeling inside of him. And I'll explain it to you later. But it's funny how those like little things like that kind of connect you. Mm-hmm. And like a franchise can kind of bring you back to a place. It's that warm feeling. Yeah, it's nostalgia. It, uh, we, some could say it's that. <laughs> awesome. I appreciate that the consistency is no matter who I have on this show, they always realize Eric doesn't remember words to things. <laughs> <laughs> but man, so like the family story, man, that's pretty yeah. cool. And like, I would say this: like we've talked a lot about Doom over our time of you know knowing each other. Um, did that kind of continue through the whole franchise? Like, was your mom, like, did she play Doom 2 with y'all? Did y'all play? Yeah. yeah. So y'all, this has been a franchise. It's just been kind of like a staple in your household. Yeah, so it's, it was kind of funny. Um, you know, Doom 1 was in the late 90s because I was maybe five. Uh, <sighs> Making me feel old yeah. now, man. You remember that? Yeah, the, I when remember the late 90s. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we played that and then played a little bit of Doom 2. And then I think, uh, maybe 2003, 2004. My dad got me this gateway uh, PC gaming computer. Oh man! And at the at the time, I was like, "This thing's awesome. This is like the best machine that would ever happen." And yeah. obviously, no, it's quite obsolete now. Was this the ones that came in the boxes with like the, this? Isn't the one that had like the color backs to them? Is it? Mm-mm, this, these are older than that. Okay, so this is pre even the colored like. Yeah. When I think gateway, I'm thinking that's gateway. I always think of like the bright colored monitors. Is that the same company or am I completely off? Uh, maybe later. Okay. But at that point, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. like that. It was a. It was just like a, a silver case with like a, a black front. 
Oh, okay. okay. And there's some grooves around in the middle of the front of the case, and that it was kind of like a grip. I don't think uh, I was supposed to carry it like that, but that's what that's how I did. It makes it very easy to like you know throw it across the room and all that yeah, fun stuff. But yeah. I mean, like it, it was VGA, the graphics card, and that thing that was top of the line. Then they could put in a laptop now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's your cell phones running graphics that look better than it yeah, did back then. Yeah. But I I was playing like Madden 07. I thought I thought I was keen on that. I played Madden 07 on that thing later on. When it, the the fact that you I've never heard of somebody playing Madden on PC. Like for me, it was always a console thing. You know, dude, I it's weird. But Madden 07, Madden 08 are the best Maddens, and I'll fight for you on that one. Okay, but that's another thing. We're, we're, we'll but, come back for Madden yeah, cast. But because I got a lot of shit to say. About hey man, do, dude, I will do a show. Now the amount of people who listen is is a side effect, but I would do a show where we just sit here and argue about the Maddens, because like up you. to like two thousand and like fourteen, fifteen, I was the like every year Madden guy. Like I would go and get you know every year and be prepared. Then around two thousand and fifteen, I realized I was kind of getting scammed a little bit. Two thousand fifteen, I think that was the twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, and that's when it really just was like the same game copy yeah. paste it's like maybe oh, they change the color of the menus i don't know yeah but, all right but back to doom because now yeah, we're falling yeah, down we're falling behind, but yeah so i had that computer and then um they came out with something called the ultimate doom which okay. had like uh the first doom with episode four added to it which was in a dlc i guess expansion yeah um die flesh consumed the the worst but uh the freaking coolest name. It, for the what coolest is... name, and then but the first couple of missions, especially in Ultraviolence, are just oh my gosh! The, <sighs> like there's like invisible walls that you can't see the demons, but they sure as shit can see you. That's the thing people don't really think about. I know we're, we're focusing on Eternal, but we're going to lay the groundwork here. Like even I've been going back and playing Doom sixty four recently. Uh, because yeah. those connections between Doom and Doom Eternal and Doom 64, weirdly enough. And it was the one that I never played because I didn't have a Nintendo 64. Well, everyone thought it was uh, like a remaster of the al- already yeah. made Ultimate Doom. Like they, were, they thought it was another port, so no one really cared about it. Yeah, if you would have asked me maybe before the Doom Eternal stuff came out that made me go back and like, People were talking about, hey man, Doom 64 has connections here. I just ran off the assumption it was Doom just for the Nintendo 64. But that thing continues. Like, I'm, I've been playing it kind of off and on because we, I've been doing stuff for this show and for mm-hmm. the regular show. But, um, that thing still can kick you in the balls. Like, yeah, dude. like I'm on the eighth mission, I believe, the eighth or ninth mission. And, like, it just starts off with, hey man, there's Barons of Hell, there's... There's you a know, Hell Knight this is There's like eight shotgun guys right from the get-go. And it reminds you like, hey man, these games were always hard. Mm-hmm. Like all the talk about Doom Eternal being this very difficult game, and it is a freaking... We're going to get some hate for how we had to finish the Ancient Gods. We're prepared <laughs> for that. The, the Doom community is just going to tell us to get good, and I honestly... I believe that I need to get better, but it we're on a time hint. crunch. We had to, yeah, we had to had get to this get done the, for this show. Yeah. Okay, I agree that we need to get good. I'm gonna continue to practice, but it's an art. It's it's, dude. It is a freaking it is an, art. It's an art, but it's also 
there's moments in this thing like I I get uh, motion sickness a little bit. Video games usually do not trigger this in me, but there was a portion in the later part of the the first Age of Gods DLC where I literally started to get nauseous because I was swinging around as quick. I usually play my sensitivity on old man sensitivity. Same. I, yeah. I have old man hands and I can't move as fast as you know, uh, like you know I'm not, I don't got pro gamer moves anymore. And I had this thing jacked up to the best I could just to try to track some of these guys. And I was literally, between the flashes and the movement speed, was getting nauseous because I was just trying my damnedest to beat this thing. And I was on, at the time, ultraviolence. And I'll be, I'll, I'll live up to it. I didn't finish this DLC on ultraviolence at all. Um, I can tell you on each mission when I had to jump off of ultraviolence. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and tell you I had to jump this thing all the way down to what is it? The easiest difficulty is what? Heart me plenty or don't hurt me? I'm too young to I'm die. I'm too young to die. That's how I finished the ancient gods. So go ahead and send your emails in to stateofthesave at gmail.com. I'll answer your emails. You can send me all your hate you want. but uh, or, or send them tips. Yeah, you can send me tips. No, because, dude, I asked for that one time. On uh, we did Grim Fandango, and we were talking about having to play it with using a guide occasionally, cause that's a like an old Lucas Arts adventure game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hey man, figure out that the scissors go into the paper um, shredder, and then it will cause a spark two blocks away. They'll set a um, parade float on fire, but you gotta talk to the clown first so he'll move away from the thing obviously yeah it's obvious but <laughs> why wouldn't you do that and thing? we talked about that hey we had to use a guide occasionally because dude it's 2021 no one's got time to figure that out and i got like a diatribe sent to me about why you know we were uh offending the the machine spirit of grim fandango whatever it was I love that. man but yeah so please you can send me your uh, your hate mail, but don't send me the tip videos. I've watched them, and they've not helped me at all yet. Well, well, I will say this. There's a way to bully the Marauder. That's not the shotgun ballista combo. Because that's the combo I try to use. Yeah, if you can if share share your tips on how to beat a Marauder, because there are many tips of people. I try to do what I think is like right now the meta. Let's just jump in. The, we're in Doom Atona talk now. We're um, here. We're doing it. Uh, my meta for beating the Marauder is using the, the double barrel shotgun with the, the ballista. Uh, trying to hit him on the initial shot with the ballista, switch to the double barrel, and then switch back and try to get another shot in with the ballista. Nine times out of ten, I only get the first two off because mm-hmm. I'm not fast enough or I don't track as well to um, to get that third one off. In the main campaign of, in, of Doom Eternal, I was able to do it consistently pretty easily. Yeah. But that's because usually you're facing the Marauder by himself. You can focus all your attention on him, and that's all you got to do. In the DLC, he's almost never alone. So even if he's by himself, you've usually got at least some, like, some sh- uh, the guys with the shields and the shotguns, or yeah. you've got um, sometimes those two Marauders. Or if you do or this... you got the, the Baron jumping around. you got the Baron of Hell jumping around. Or if you do the Slayer Gate, he's just with everybody else. And um, so I'm not able to focus just on him, and usually I can't get the third shot off. But now that's my strategy. What is your strategy for killing the Marauder? Um, honestly, uh, basically the same. I've mastered the, uh, the shotgun ballista combo. I can get three shots off. Oh, man. Um, skill level is significantly higher than me on that. Not by much. Not by much. Uh, okay. Not by much. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
to me, that's the, there's a, there's a couple of other ways where people can like spam grenades and get lucky, and I I haven't been able to do that yet. I when it comes to the grenade stuff, like the grenades are literally like I don't think they ever stay off a cooldown for me, because just the moment I have them, I shoot. Like right. they, I'm never not shooting a grenade. Same thing with the flamethrower. I'm just if I don't care what's in front of me. If I have that thing off a cooldown, it's burning. Yeah. Um, because this game does such a good job, and I know it's like it's a cliche. Let's talk about the combat just to kind of jump into this. Um, it's a cliche to say that it's like a chess game, but the reason why it's a cliche is because it's accurate. Like I feel like it does that whole uh, combat rotation of you know, glory kills for health, ammunition for with the chainsaw, you know, armor with armor the flame with the belt. flames. Yep. It does that so well. And I, one thing I, when I was playing through the ancient gods because I haven't been playing Eternal since I beat the campaign the first time. Like I beat the campaign. I think I played around a little bit with that multiplayer mode, which I don't get the appeal of um, there, to be fair there's not much appeal to it at all i've never heard anything about it good or bad you go on like the uh the subreddit and like no one talks about the multiplayer mode like everyone's talking about their ultra violent runs or they're talking about the um you know trying to get the cool skins and stuff yeah. like no one's and that was the same thing with doom 2016 like i don't know anybody who played i played the multiplayer i think just for like they did a beta they they did a snap map for doom 2016 that was really popular but other than that they didn't no one really talked about the, the multiplayer honestly i forgot they had one it was a big thing man they did a beta i remember like getting into the beta and being like wow this is kind of disappointing and it put a me, lot of people were disappointed it put me on like a sour note for the game because that was my first like playing experience i had seen the trailers i'm like damn dude freaking doom man but uh played the beta i was like wow this looks like a kind of a crappy version of like a team deathmatch for an unreal tournament or something like that and uh when i finally got into the game and started you know getting the experience of playing i was like man i don't know why this would be your first foot yo your first foot forward i would have done something kind of like they did with the original doom or like hey let's just put a demo out with that first level yeah because i mean kill you think about that first level of how you know from the breaking yourself off the slab and that thing kicks you right in the teeth right from the get-go that would have been a, a great way i mean obviously doom didn't have any problems getting their name out there but it was a great way of drive hype of just like hey man doom's freaking back and it's freaking ball check it out instead of like hey let's just do let's team deathmatch yeah. well was was that really was that bethesda kind of pushing that was that like i don't know like my gut would say I, you, my gut would say yes, but you gotta think like it wasn't exactly on a great high before Doom. I'm, what did they have like Rage? They had rage, they rage, the first one, which I don't think that was. You know, I well, thought it was had okay. A Quake games too, I think. Yeah, but they had like that was around the time they were doing the online Quake online or something. It was just basically like a free to play Quake, and I think Doom twenty sixteen comes out before Wolfenstein. Which, I think I believe you're correct. I so, think Wolfenstein may have showed up in 2017. Yeah, so I mean, you're looking at kind of their renaissance here, but I could see somebody at Bethesda or somebody even at id like, hey, multiplayer is the hot thing right now. It's 2016. All the kids are playing the Call of Duties. Uh, get out there, show us some team deathmatch or something. I could see that, but it was not the right way to market mm-hmm. that thing at all. You, you want to hear something uh, very interesting about Doom 2016? Because you, uh, yes. you just mentioned Call of Duty. It was actually going to be 
a Call of Duty like shooter initially, and there's concept art, and it looked bad. It Dude, looked really bad. If you guys haven't had the opportunity, you can go on YouTube and look up like the original. I want to say it's almost like a trailer. If not, it's part of a trailer, and it has a little bit of combat footage, and it looks like it looks like Rage. Yeah, if yeah. you think about it, Around it looks the same like time, rage. So makes it's sense. the same dark. Everything's brown. Um, everything looks uh, kind of like a post-apocalyptic. And you think about it, it kind of makes sense if you ride the train of thought from Doom Three to that. Because mm-hmm. Doom Three is like the redhead stepchild now of um, <laughs> of Doom. But I it's can also see the some... only one not canon. Yeah, it's not. It's not canon, but. Still doesn't mean that I don't have like a weird spot in my heart for it. Like it's it's like it's like the um, using the Star Wars reference. It's like all the old they had all these comics from Dark Horse before Star Wars got bought by Disney, and they're all like lay, labeled like legends, right? And it right. basically means like none of that shit happened. But um, it's still like when I come across those now, like it's like oh man, look at this crazy story where like Luke Skywalker was possessed by the Emperor and stuff like that. And it's it makes it even kind of cooler that it's not legend, it's not a uh, canon. But um, you can make an argument that that made sense to go from Doom Three, that kind of like yeah. slow plotting horror kind of game, to that. But I'm so I'm so, the ward's a different place if they decided not to you know make this thing a fast paced Doom game and go back to the kind of the drawing board there. But it is fascinating to watch, like watching those trailers and seeing those concept arts. You can just tell like some guy. Some guy spent a lot of time working on that thing that got canned, and no one would have, no one's like sitting there pining for that game. It's not yeah. like, uh, like uh, Star Wars Battlefront Three, the original release of that. Like people are like, oh man, if that got released, EA would have been the greatest thing ever. No one's sitting around being like, if only they stuck to the original plan for Doom. Um, but dude, man, like that freaking yeah, that we would have lived in. Who knows what reality we lived in. That was the doom. A bad one. uh, (laughs) Was this the bad one, man? Nah. You sure? Uh, Maybe like we would have had like one bad. That would have been all the negative energy of the world would have went into that one doom, and then everything else should be like. See, that's an interesting question. Would you trade like, like, would you get rid of COVID for, (laughs) for like better doom games? Trade COVID for doom. I, I, I'm not answering that question on that, the internet. That's, that's pretty controversial. Yeah, let's not talk about that. We're going to jump away. I can see it now. Headline on IGN. Podcast says, Doom, better than COVID. Well, it is better. It's than better than COVID, <laughs> but yeah. I would have kept Doom for COVID. Uh, nah, I ain't doing I, that. I, I wouldn't change the timeline. I just watched Back to the Future recently. I'm not messing with that. No, we ain't messing with that. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's get into this Doom Eternal here. Like... For the ancient gods in particular, let's kind of focus on the ancient gods because that's the hotness going on right now. Um, after Doom Eternal, I I saw that they had the season pass that was released alongside Doom Eternal. I think I bought the collector's edition, so I okay. had that. Um, there was such a large gap where they didn't talk about anything, and because I didn't care about the multiplayer, I was like, okay, crap, they're just going to support this battle mode stuff, and I'm not going to care about it. And Doom... Eternal kind of wraps up in a very final way. Like, you kill the Icon of Sin, you rescue Earth from its demonic invasion, and because Doom 
Doom 2016 had a, a story, but it was not the focal point. And Doom Eternal kind of really is when they expand into the Doom lore, I guess is the best way of putting 100%, it. 100%, yeah. Um, I kind of took it as, okay, we're done. And I, was, I was like, hey, I don't see where you go from here. You beat the Icon of Sin, Doom guys, Hero of Earth, here we go. But I think it, uh, the Ancient Gods does a really cool thing of kind of jumping into like, hey... These are the cleanup effects. This kind of pitches it almost as a cleanup. Yeah. When you go in there of yeah. Doom guys helping the UAC do kind of finishing up the demons that are on Earth, but also Hayden plays a huge role in this whole game, which is weird because in Doom 2016, he was just like the voice in your head most of the time. He was he was the guy that kind of guided you along, him and Vega. And he was almost really designed for. Um, kind of a comedic effect because he would tell you like yeah be you know be cautious with this uh this artifact don't you know and you destroy and it. you just break it and he'd be like okay well you guess you can do that too um him being like the main focal point of this ancient gods dlc is is kind of it took me back i had i was kind of feeling like i missed something there so i'm gonna ask you some questions because you're my you're my doom guy now uh-oh Alright, so in Doom 2016, Hayden is just the scientist that's running the Mars facility, correct? Yeah. Um, and then when we see him again in Eternal, he's basically the head guy leading the defense of Earth. You know, there's a lot of like uh, the story packets that you pick up where he's leading the UAC like defense and there's multiple like times where he fails and he basically is destroyed before Doom guy shows up on Earth. Right. Um, is there any reference ahead of the ancient gods to him being connected to the kind of pantheon stuff? Like to all the gods. To all the gods. Is that is that something um, that starts here, or did I miss something in Eternal? I think I think it was um, on the Erdak level of the base game of Doom Eternal. Uh, when when you do something with they, I haven't played it in so long. I can't. I'm, don't crucify me, internet. Yeah. But uh, basically, you you shut down Vega again, kind of similar to 2016. But before he did that, he backed him up. Yeah. But um, and in Doom Eternal, as he was kind of like short circuiting, I guess, uh, he was like, "Am I the father, Doctor Hayden?" And I was like, "Oh shit." <laughs> so that's when you get because that's so, something. So yeah, you kind of you, and you know Hayden's knowledge of Erdak makes sense because. When you're when he's discovered to be the Seraphim in Doom Eternal, it's like oh, duh. It does make sense because one thing that the I kind of always took Hayden as just being like a, the leading expert, and that's maybe me not looking deep enough into it. Well, when it does the big reveal that he's the Seraphim, it it took me like a hundred percent off guard because I just assumed like hey, this guy's just the expert. That's why he knows about Ardak and he knows about like the the night sentinels and all this stuff but i really appreciate that that was the one if you look at the story of doom eternal hayden's the one kind of leftover thread that they don't touch at all mm-hmm. because vega before we get into the father stuff and all that he's gone like we feel like he's been eliminated from the story the only two people that are left after eternal is doom guy and um hayden so it it makes sense that that's like the last thing to touch but i i didn't see that one coming and that might just be me not you know not picking up on the threads there i also 
so much of the story of Eternal, because the lore is actually really freaking deep. Yeah. Is buried good. in those text um, you know, files that you find. And it's one of those things that if you're looking for it, you're going to have a good time learning about all this stuff. But you could breeze past all that stuff. That's what I my favorite part about Doom Eternal is if you're uh, more of a gameplay kind of guy, you can do that. And who cares about the story? Um, but if you're the kind of guy that wants a narrative, that you want some sort of reason as to why you're killing all these demons, you you can seek that out too. And it's fun to seek it out because the secrets are challenging, but not unfindable. They're not like um, they're like they're not like Dark Souls or something where you're like having to do like a crazy sequence of events. A lot of time you just do more platforming to get yeah. to them. Um, and to be honest with you, to me that's the only real way to play this game because. Like, I'm a, traditionally kind of a gameplay guy. And so all the secret encounters, all the Slayer Gate keys, like, that stuff's all buried also in searching for stuff. So you're going to find the lore just by looking for Slayer Gate keys or looking mm-hmm. for the secret encounters. and Or just a supercharge. Yeah, or just looking for... in the Ancient for... Gods, I was seeking out health, health packs. In the base game, I never worried about health packs. I'll just chainsaw this guy, I'll be, I'll be fine. But in Ancient Gods, I was getting hit from all sides, man. Dude, you will get... You'll take damage in the Ancient Gods. Like, you go into it with pretty much the buffed up Slayer. Like, it doesn't... The only thing you You're don't have... You're maxed out. Yeah, the only thing the support you, runes. Yeah, yeah. And the only thing you don't have is the uh, the Crucible. The sword. Right. You, that's the only thing you go into it without, you know, without. I didn't even really use it, the Crucible, anyway. Because I always been like, oh, I'll save it for the. You can just never use it. It's the issue with like any video game that has like a rocket launcher, except Doom promotes you to use the rocket launcher. But most video games, it's like, hey, here's the rocket launcher. You get four rockets, and I will go the entire game without firing it once because I'm always convinced I'm going to need it eventually. So it's like, oh, I'll save it for the boss. Yeah. Or I'll save it for the the. There's gonna be a session where there's a tank or something like um. One of my favorite franchises is Resident Evil, and with the recent remakes, any of like the power weapons, I'll just hoard, and then I'll get to the last mission and realize that I've held on to like twenty, you know, grenade launcher rounds, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, I, I could have used all of these you know, to get here, but I'm just paranoid. You you hit an interesting point, and I'm gonna really drive this home with Doom Eternal. What makes Doom Eternal Doom 2016 so great, in my opinion? And why a lot of casual gamers don't seem to like it. Because when it came out, game journalists were like, it's too hard. Oh, yeah. If you watch, like, the famously the IGN footage. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like... They just didn't get it. But that's what Doom Eternal is so great, is it forces you to use your entire arsenal. And if you don't, you'll get punished for it. Yeah, there's no... There's not a single fight... Especially when you're getting into like the Slayer Gates, or you're getting into the section where it co- corners you in a room to fight multiple waves of enemies. There's not a single fight that I don't think I used every single weapon in my weapon wheel. Because right. the game also does a wonderful job of explaining to you each and every kind of advantage each weapon has against certain demons. So, like, even like you think in like normal Doom, you get like the super shotgun. I generally don't go back to the regular shotgun. Once I get the super shotgun. But here, with the attachments, 
I got to keep that regular shotgun ready because I can use that to kill the caca demons. Mm-hmm. And I can use the grenade launcher. You know, that's, that's another thing I really love about it. It's the very first shotgun is still relevant in the hardest DLC. The automatic fire capable part, like the attachment for the auto fire on the shotgun, is like a hell of a way to beat some of the, um, the buffed enemies. Mm-hmm. Because you can just dump all your shells into um, like the... The spirit enemies that have the um, the the ghost kind of like the empowered yeah. demons, but like way they don't take damage as much from a super shotgun as normal. Right. So you like it makes you go back to your normal shotgun using the automatic shotgun feature or, or using that on the empowered demons. Like the fact that every single weapon, none of them becomes the the assault rifle. Like you get the chain gun, you're like, okay, why would I ever go back to this regular like heavy gun? Precision well, bolt. that precision bolt is the best way to take <laughs> out the, uh, the like the turret enemies that pop up in this, which is the, the only enemy I don't like that they try to introduce. Um, there's a fight in the second level in the blood swamps where you are dealing with the marauder and one turret, and I never had time to turn around and hit the damn turret because I got this marauder chasing my ass from the whole get go. So. Once we get in it, let's let's break this down. We've got three parts in the ancient gods. We're just going to go through each one. Yeah, man. That sounds good? Sure. Sounds good. Let's do it. Um, our first kind of introduction level, and this was my get back into Doom level because I've been gone for a little while, is the UAC facility, uh, which might be the best. It's probably the best level in this entire DLC. It is 100%. Um, the the atmosphere, the the setting is beautiful. And this is the Attack of the Clones reference. It reminds me of Camino. It it really yeah, because he's even got like the platforms that are busted out away from it, mm-hmm. where you've got the little platforms like floating around and stuff. Uh, it it is Camino, but also, um, uh, you playing this on PC? No, I've um I have Doom twenty sixteen on PC and uh, have it on Xbox, but then I got Doom Eternal for PlayStation four. Uh, funny story, I went to GameStop the day it came out. I was like, I need Doom Eternal, Xbox One, PC gamers, don't hate me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dude, we're, we're long past him hating us, man. Like, <laughs> we're recording this right now, but somewhere in like out in the world, there's a guy typing an email already. Just, I know. Just, well, I mean... It, controversy makes cash. A lot man. of people think playing Doom on console is blasphemous. And, and as someone who played Doom initially on PC, at least I have that. Yeah, you can you can defend yourself. Like I used to do it. It's the uh, I I don't have that argument. I can I just have to be like, yeah, no, I'm a filthy casual. I get it, okay? Yeah, I'm a casual. I'm a noob. Uh, yeah. Doom Eternal. I just can't move on a keyboard like that anymore. Like I used to. I used to play a lot of Battlefield and stuff. Like yeah, that. well, you can't. It's a it's a you know it's just what you're comfortable with. I mean, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna defend ourselves against <laughs> the internet, man. You can't scare us. I'm defending myself against the Doom community, okay? <laughs> Lovely people though, don't yeah, high people. quality. We're, but we're, but they will call you out. Like, why aren't you playing on PC? What mm, I, you could I, be better. I came across somebody on uh, YouTube who was saying that we should never trust anybody's opinion that did not beat Doom Eternal on Nightmare. Well, our opinions are invalid. Yeah, so we we apparently do not matter. Uh, you can go ahead and move on along, but or don't. No, please don't. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, you can you can hate us, but just just listen to the episode. Um, we're we're talking about music, 
gameplay, yeah. content. Yeah, we're explaining stuff. We're not all skilled guys. Um, but this whole facility, man. Okay, yo, we skipped your story. What happened at the GameStop? Oh, yeah. They, they were like, we don't have any copies on Xbox. And I started panicking because, like, that was our day of work where we had the half a day. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, it was like and a it was like that whole weekend I had set aside to play Doom Eternal. So I started panicking because I, I, it looked like a game I didn't want to try on PC first. Yeah, I, it, I it, it. it looked complicated. Yeah. Um, so I was like, I started panicking. I was like, do you, do you have any copies for PlayStation 4? He's like, well, I got one. I said, give it, give it, give it. <laughs> <laughs> so I will come across that desk right now. Give me the damn copy yeah, of the I, I think I scared the guy. <laughs> it, wherever you are, GameStop man, thank There's you for man. your thank you for your patience. We have a long history on this show of hating the GameStop, so we don't apologize to the date. You know, okay. Okay. Like, there's a story. Fuck GameStop. <laughs> yeah, fuck GameStop. <laughs> Michael got fucked over by the GameStop really bad. So, like, we we are on the GameStop shit list as it is. No matter what you can say, they will. You by associating with us now mm-hmm. on the shit list for GameStop. Just oh, okay. next time you walk in there, they're just going to be like, get the fuck out of here, man. Are you from state to state? Yeah, you get out of here. Um, I will say um, before we continue, uh, Matt's Game Exchange in Greensboro, North Carolina, is a oh, great, yeah. great local place. Yeah, they're very. And also, McKay's is a great local place. Check it out. Which is surprising because I've I've only been in there like once, but they have a ton of stuff. Like, yeah, it's high quality. These are very local references for very sure. local. Yeah, but so, if, wherever you are, try to go to your local game places y- for it, sure. It really bums me out. There used to be a place in my hometown uh, called. Um, rhinos games i believe i remember that. yeah yeah and i was that was where we went as a kid like my dad was very big about like supporting local businesses and stuff he's like ah screw the big corporate funko land we ain't going to the big corporate funko land we'll go to rhinos games and um they had comics and stuff it was cool yeah. but they were only open for like i think two three years before they went under or something like that support your local places buy your doom products from local but um buy local so, one thing with this new facility, this this kind of first intro into Doom, is it does a great job. One, it looks freaking beautiful. Amazing. Like, the reason Amazing why I asked visuals. why you played it on, because I'm playing this thing on a baseline Xbox One, you're playing it on a PS4, and it looks gorgeous. Like Yeah, it, it plays well, too. I didn't get any skips, bugs, or no, anything and like that. So. With the rain, like, if you look at the weapons, like, I was looking at the super shotgun for, like, un unhealthy amount of time <laughs> and i was just like watching how the rain like is on the weapons and as you switch them it still pops up like it doesn't do like a um like a pop in on any of the weapons like when you switch them it just brings it up as if it's you know already wet and stuff it looks really really cool and this is a great level to kind of reintroduce yourself to doom because like i said i've been away for a while it's not got a ton of the environmental stuff that like damages you like you're going to face and further on down this Which DLC. Which is why this is the best map in the DLC. Yeah, just as we go here, these other two are hurt by the fact that the environment just decides to kill you on a constant basis. Um, but it does a great job of like warming you back up. But then by the time you're done with it, there's a fight in which you're locked in a room with two marauders that then goes into a fight with like two hell demons, I mean hell knights. Uh, I think there's a cyber demon in that mm. room. So it doesn't give you a ton of time. Um, this is also what gives you the least amount of the platforming. Mm. Now, where do you fall on the platforming stuff? Because I know that's the big controversy. I kind of, I actually kind of like the platforming stuff, to be honest with you. Well, I at first I was frustrated with it, right? Um, but as 
Because Doom Eternal took what Doom 2016 did with platforming and just went to unimaginable lengths. I didn't, I didn't even think that's how it was going to be. And it's so great. I was very frustrated at first with the platforming, but I got good. You got good, man. I got good, and it's so satisfying to make a, a platform run on your first go. I like. I get the hate. Like, there's a lot of hate, but the game doesn't punish you very much for failing at it. Like, it literally takes like five health, five health, ten health. It, yeah, it's not much. And then when you actually pull it off and you get the sequence stand on right, man, it feels freaking great. It feels mm. like you're a Daigum superhero. Like, especially when you're coming out of a fight. And then you do a platforming sequence to go into another fight. Because you get that awesome moment of like falling from the sky, firing your you know, firing your chain gun as you're coming down yeah. on top of the demons. Like my, my favorite moment I ever did in a, an arena is I took one of those poles and swung off of it. Did like a 360 and then ballisted this uh, amp. And then as I was going down, I rocket locked the tyrant or the proper term cyber demon yeah and he went in glory kill mode and then i as i landed on his face i just dude it was awesome like I, the amount of cool glory kills that happen from falling so if you trigger them when you're coming down off of like the the monkey bars kind of things and or you're jumping off of you know just jumping off of a platform and dashing like just coming down and stomping a guy's head like if the if the if the platforming stuff took away a significant portion of health or it did some actual damage to you, I would get it. But when it's only taken five and it's reloading you back onto the same spot practically, I don't really get that vibe of why that's such a controversial thing. I, I dig it. And honestly, and I, I like the platforming. It's a nice break from the constant yeah. barrage of demons. I mean, there's portions in this game where you... I get you get the sweaty hands, man. Like I actually wiping my hands off off my pants. Like I was like, just, just give me like two minutes to jump around some flying platforms. But this whole section in the UAC facility is it's the visually kind of the most similar to Eternal because it's just another UAC facility, just a nice looking one. But it's a great kind of welcome back, and then it obviously ends with the kind of big marauder fight and then from story mode this is when we gain access to the seraphim's body which is what hayden kind of takes possession of correct um i if i'm not mistaken i believe you get the life sphere oh you get which, the life yeah sphere, which is yes. like which is like his essence i suppose or the it's not it's the thing that grants him a physical body yeah it basically brings him into our reality i guess yeah because right now hayden's consciousness is in that robot yeah so when you know he does that and then he comes back as his actual body the seraphim because he was uh the the uh assistant i think to the father who was vega and vega's life sphere was at this point I don't know if it was destroyed yet. It's, it's, I think you do destroy one it's, of them. It's destroyed, but it's now sitting, because that's where we come to at the end of the second level, where we pick between bringing back the Father and bringing back the Dark Lord. That's it. Which is all like, I mean, all this is like biblical references and stuff, you know? So like, you know, it's, it's, it's Bible 2.0. You know, it's like... With a lot of guns. We're going to write the Bible, but we're going to make it badass. So like... 
his god, but God's like a freaking ripped robot guy, and his devil, but he's like a ripped version of Doom Slayer. Which and, is super cool, but we'll get into that. Yeah. We'll get into I that. I mean, if you want to, if, if, if id software wants to rewrite the bible like release like bible 2.0 that just like and then you know the coming of the doom slayer is just the opening you know the meme with homel where he just quotes the doom lines i don't know if you've seen I, I this think... he just runs in and he's like it's a scene from the simpsons where he runs in and grabs bart and he's screaming into bart's face but they just took the opening lines of doom uh 2016 like the first like in the dark age before the oh, yeah and they just put that there that if you good. can just open up bible 2.0 and that's how it starts i'm sold man. that'd be great be charged every sunday every <laughs> sunday you, you know for us to talk about doom we're about 45 minutes in and we haven't touched on one of the most important things of doom since its creation okay that's the soundtrack freaking dude you want to talk about how many times I've walked through the grocery store listening to this soundtrack? Like, this is... Probably unhealthy amount of time. Oh, it's unhealthy. You have not lived until you've shopped at the Publix and, like, had this pumping thing going through the back of your head and just be like, I just want to punch a freaking demon, man. It's yeah, like, we're just yeah. walking through the nice, peaceful Publix. Everybody's happy-go-lucky at the Publix. And you're just like, let's just... It's time to rage, right? Yeah. We're going to kickstart some shits. It's good. And I don't know if you noticed, but the composer for the Ancient Gods was different than the one in the base game who was Mick, Mick Gordon, I Mick believe. Gordon. I believe the contra- there was some controversy there because I know when Doom Eternal came out, they didn't even release Mick Gordon's soundtrack. Like his a, true raw his cut. His true like wrong cut when it came out, which was a big thing because like... Well, that was dude, the whole point. That was 2016, I'm telling you, the soundtrack was as important as the gameplay. Oh yeah. It, it, dude the the that soundtrack was on I think it came out the same day that Doom twenty sixteen came on and I think I listened to that thing at the gym four days a week for at least three months. Like and that's not me being like, oh you know, just hyperbole. No, dude, it was that it was legitimately that good too, because it's not even like just good video game music. It's just good it's music. It's just good metal. Like it's good technical metal and with a twist with a twist but and he did such a great job of taking those original themes and walking them into the the soundtrack though it was never like a like a a rip of it right you didn't Mm -hmm. like sit there and be like oh he's just doing the doom music in really good sounding guitars like he would just weave it into his music and then it would weave back out Weave it back in. So, and it was also it worked so well in the game itself because there'll be moments where you would into a hallway and a fight would start, and the drop in the music would kick in the day, the like the millisecond that that wall came up that blocks mm-hmm. your path. And even here, like one of my first notes here is that shotgun pump because they do the same thing they do in the opening of Doom Eternal, where it kicks the music with the shotgun pump. Yeah, and. It's it just it fills you full of just badass they also energy. Did, they also did it in Doom twenty sixteen when you're in the elevator and Hayden was like, We did what we had to do and things got out of hand and he glanced at the dead body and then he just like he you know, clenched his fist in anger and and then he just pumped the shotgun in and then boom also like, kicked in, man. From a great. visual point of view, you also that's when you're coming up out of the elevator and you see Mars for the first time. for the first time, and you see like the hell incursion on Mars, mm-hmm. and the Doom franchise does such a freaking baller job of just kicking in that adrenaline of just being like, 
and here we fucking go. I'm for it. We are fucking go, man. Um, one thing that we after we come out of the UAC facility and we do the, we get Hayden into his true form. Uh, this is when Hayden kind of gives us what is the driving mission at this point that we're going to go retrieve the essence of the father to to get the bring the father back yes because he's the first he's the only one who can like seal off Ardak and prevent demons from continuing to kind of flood in right and it was at this point when it became increasingly more evident that Hayden was in it for himself it makes a lot more sense at this point because I'll, like in Doom Eternal, I actually liked Hayden. Like I thought he was like, oh yeah, he screwed up on Mars, but I then he came. Him. You didn't trust him. I didn't trust him, dude. Man, I actually fell for it because I was like, this is how this is how easy Eric can get bought into things. <laughs> there's a there's a text file right, and it's a long one that talks about Hayden leading this like elite squad of uh, UAC troops and like the best of the best that Earth has against the uh, the Gore Nest. No, you know, in um, in uh, Eternal, that that's like my favorite mission, but that's it's also so, so like, good. and when you get to the Gore's Nest, you see like all these mechs and stuff that are taken down, but it basically describes the battle and how Hayden like led from the front lines and was like, you know, GI Joe of Earth out there fighting, you know, all the demons, and at that point, I kind of bought into him. Like, mm-hmm. This guy's a freaking badass robot man out here leading to us defense and like all those tech files about him talk about like he's at like the um the initial organizing like the evacuation of people from demon infested zones and like he's a hero but then in this one mission right here it twists it all into like yeah he's still doing it for himself yeah because you know the seraphim's body looks an awful lot like the makers of Erdak. Oh, it's it's just a it's like a just a palette swap, almost. right? And and so and when he gets his final form, is obviously, I guess Erdakian. Uh, I don't know yeah. what the proper term is. Well, but of do, course, he's trying to make it better for him. Yeah, it's, it's it's he's fi- he's fighting the same conflict he was fighting millennia ago. Right. And Arth's kind of defense was just convenient at the time. It was convenient at the time because he knew that he would end up getting his body back. Yeah, he's like, if I if I help these guys and I can beat off this demon incursion and I play this doom, the doom guy or doom slayer, um, into giving me what I want, I'll get what I want out of this. I'll be able to gain kind of access to the life force of the father because they also talks about particularly in this second mission, he can't go into the blood swamps and get it. Right. It's against the prophecies that he can do that. So it's not like he can do this without the Doomslayer. So in this whole time, he's just playing the Doomslayer, playing the Doomslayer. And he's dealing with this conflict that Earth's kind of play in it is so minuscule to him. Minute. Doesn't yeah. matter. And you can tell that his he has a... His, I mean, since 2016, he had a very blatant disregard for human life. Yeah, I mean, Even from the the very first opening in Doom 2016, he just said, "Look, we did what we had to do. People died, so what?" They play it in Doom 2016, and I would love to know if this was the the plan or not, because they play it in Doom 2016 as he's like it's an energy thing, right? They do the whole like we need the argent in argent. 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 Yes. Argent energy to power off kind of needs. 
that's why we did this. It was entirely just to siphon off the energy out of hell. I'm just uh, I'm just uh, an evil version of Elon Musk. Um, <laughs> but here it's like no, he's he's playing everybody because this is this grander scheme, and that's why I would love to know like was this the plan from the get go, or did they just say hey we have Hayden Hayden survives the events of Doom 2016 let's go ahead and morph him into something bigger because you can make parallels that like hey he's been like this the whole time right but i just wonder if that was retcon like this is like the comic fan in me was like you read a lot about like uh the creation of like uh captain america and stuff like that and like how much of that was just figured out on the fly like we're like 10 episodes 10, 10 issues in and then or we're the, like or the walking dead Oh yeah, well like Walking Dead was supposed to end in like issue twenty or something, and, and he's like, "We'll just going. keep going." He's like, "I didn't think I'd get this far, guys. Uh, let's just start killing off all your favorite." Let's just characters. kill off all your favorite characters. But I wonder how much of that was planned ahead. But um, now that he's got his body, he sends you into the blood swamps. The worst map I've ever played in any Doom, any Doom, Eric. It kills me too because I really enjoy. I love the atmosphere. Yeah, it looks great. It's probably my favorite looking mission in Doom. I, but as like I've played a lot of shitty maps. Okay, that one is uh, that's definitely one of my least favorites. I mean, obviously, it's a lot better than like the Slough of Despair, which was in Ultimate Doom. Uh, a lot of people know that one. Yeah, it, it's it's a map that's shaped like a hand. It's dog shit. I played it again the other <laughs> night, and I absolutely hate it. I still hate it. You, know, you think about. Like the blood swamps in particular, the reason why I hate it is the this is the becomes the running theme of this whole DLC is that it's entirely environmental damage, and in a game where you're taking so much damage as it is, that little bitty extra push a lot of times was getting me killed. That it it wasn't really the deciding factor that got me killed. I will say that, but me just trying to walk up the stairs and do a platforming bit and the stupid plant pods that kept exploding and hurting me. I'm just like, why are you here? Um, why? One thing I wanted to make a, we'll make a little segment here. Uh, I played on Ultra Nightmare to start this. I got all the way to the dual Marauder fight. I beat the Marauders on Ultra Nightmare after like maybe 10 deaths. Impressive. And then I got to the, realized that I didn't get to leave that room after that fight. And got my ass kicked for another five to six times, I believe. And at that point, I had to drop all the way down to the easiest difficulty just to be able to finish that mission. So, feeling like I could regain my pride, Blood Swamps pop up, right back up to Ultra Nightmare. Oh, Ultra Violence. Oh, Ultra Violence, sorry, not Ultra Nightmare. Right back up to Ultra Violence. And then I get all the way to the point in which I have to fight in the uh, fog. No. And then we go right back down. Uh, because that's what we're talking about with this Blood Swamps is not only are the, the pods that hurt you, there's a section in this in which you fight a, I believe, a possessed arachna spider demon? Arachnid demon? Arachnatron. Arachnatron. Yeah. Yeah. You fight a possessed one of those, and then they throw a Doom Hunter, and you cannot see shit. You can't see anything. And in an entire game about trying to play the right weapon against the right demon at the right time and constant movement i felt like i was playing a um a version like a call of duty mission where everybody was just throwing smoke grenades oh no i just couldn't see anything and like i would know i would be taking fire 
especially from like the Doom Hunt tool, where he'd be like shooting the missiles at me. I couldn't even tell where they were coming from because I'm just in this fog and there's no like area to get in and out of it where you can kind of back up and bait him out of it. And I was, dude, I was dying left and freaking right in that fog. And that was where I eventually broke, where I was like, man, that's, um, I had 68 total deaths. I was one death off of the nice number Yeah. for this entire DLC for these three missions. And I think at this point I got up to like 30. I think I told you that day. I was like at like 36 or 37 because I was just dying repeatedly in that fog. Um, for a mission that looks so good, all of this environmental stuff just threw me off because it – it made me not play Doom the way Doom teaches you to play it, where you're able to, you know, navigate the environment, you know, weave in and out of combat, you know, attack, back up, attack, back up. I was playing by a more, like, stationary role because I was the whole time just trying to find where the damn things are. And um, You got to keep jumping, man, maybe. even if you can't see him. I, I'm at at that point. The, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It was the worst at that point in the campaign. I just started bunny hopping and just <laughs> rockets. I killed myself I, I think twice in that also by rockets by like not being aware how close to the wall I was mm. and like blowing myself up by. Oh, wall I will rocket. say the splash damage of rockets are significantly worse in like the classic Doom games. So often I'd peek my head out of the corner, shoot a rocket at a. At a baron or something, and then fucking Lost Soul <laughs> catches a rocket right in front of my face, and I die. Is the worst, the worst way to go. Like here, you play in the badass Doom Hunter, you know, Doom Slayer, and you just die because you shot a rocket two, you know, two feet in front of you. But um, it's a way to go, man. Yeah, it's a way. If you're gonna go, go out that way. Um, the one thing I do like about this mission is there's a spot where you get the like the I call him Ghost Dog. But you get the ghost dog, and he's guiding you through the... The uh, trials, right? Yeah, the yeah. trials. When you do that, I actually feel like that worked better because it opens up the kind of area in which you can, you're can you clearly seeing. And they threw the right amount of enemies and the right kind of enemies in each one of those trials. They didn't like throw a ton of stuff in there that just... You didn't face like a cyber demon. Because mm-hmm. it's such a small area, that would be frustratingly, you know, difficult to oh. try to back in and out of. Just wait till part two. Are you telling me that I'm just gonna? You're gonna be so upset. <laughs> now that okay, thank you for like now I'm gonna go into tra- like part two the whole time being like I know it's in here. I know this motherfucker's cyber demon. I'm well, going I'm... to like a bathroom stall and there's gonna be a cyber demon in there. It's gonna be like the troll from like Harry Potter when in the bathroom. <laughs> It's like a cyber demon sitting there waiting. You know how like in every horror, if you, any horror video game you play, there's like a bathroom and there's always something in one of the stalls. It's oh, just, I mean, it's just gonna be a cyber demon Such sitting a in a damn stall. There, um, there's actually a good one in Alan Wake because you go out of the bathroom, you go into the bathroom. There's a whole like uh, little video you watch inside the bathroom, and then you come all the way out of the bathroom, and they don't trigger them until you're standing outside the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And so it's like just a millisecond long enough that you're like, oh, yeah, nothing happened. And then he comes busting out of a stall like three stalls back. But that's the only good one I've ever seen in a video now, game. The, I played uh, the Batman Arkham VR. Really? The yeah. VR? Yeah. It's it's not very good. But it, okay. it's terrifying near the end. There's a lot of jump scares and... You know, you know the jump scares in like Arkham City and stuff. Yeah, well, it's like a guy falls from like the like he'll fall on like a rope or something in front of you, or like you'll deal with like the scarecrow and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, 
take all those the worst jump scares that got you, like you know the the fucking shark or or the man bat jump scare yeah. or whatever, and then put it in VR. I I I'm I've, good, man. <laughs> I, I've said before that I don't think I have it in me to play VR. Um, one because I get motion sickness, but two, mm-hmm. like. I will like screen lock when I'm really into something, and, like with this, I like I'll just like the war disappears outside of my headphones and outside the screen, and you stick that in VR, I will accidentally punch my kid. <laughs> like if she was to walk up to me like in the middle of those kind of sequence and like, hey dad, tap my leg, I'm swinging, man. It's game I, over. Yeah, I, and then I got to go to court, man. I don't want to do this. <laughs> well, I can't afford that. I can't so afford we'll just, this. We'll just stick to Doom on console. How can I explain to a judge? That judge, I hit my kid, but it was by accident. I thought I was Batman fighting the Scarecrow. Yeah, no, okay? you don't understand. It was VR. Okay? It was VR. I didn't think she was real. Uh, okay, all charges are dropped. Oh, is it, Go that's, fuck yourself. That's not how it works. Um, but, like, dude, this whole Bloodsaw region, for such an, such an awesome-looking sequence, it ends in my least favorite boss fight, I think, in Doom history. It sucks. It was... <laughs> You one from a like aesthetic point of view, it's it's not like a really cool looking boss. It's just eyeballs inside of cubes that you've already been punching since the base game. It's not even yeah. a different looking cube. No, it's literally like a exactly the same cube that they throw in. I think you punch two of them in the blood swamp. Yeah, to get to a certain spot yeah. or a secret. I think there is a secret. I think I wrote it down. At the beginning of the, there's a support room secret by these fire turrets. I think you have to push something down. I can't remember. Oh, you know, in the um, is it? It's not in one of the towers, is it? Yeah, it's that gated tower. It's that gated tower. Yeah, I found that one. But wasn't it rewarding when you did? Oh, it was great. Like, dude, that's what I love about the uh, the secrets. Is like they're challenging, but they're not going to make you just like. Throw your controller out the window. There's a simple one in the first level where you just jump inside of like a... There's a centerpiece to the room and there's a cage around it. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't look like you can get inside there. But if you come jumping in initially on the very first part that you enter the room, if you just double dash into it, you'll actually fall back there and there's a um, a one-up back there. And it's something simple, but it's just enough that it's like... Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah, yeah. casually, you're, you're going to miss it. But if you're, like, kind of... Hell, you don't even have to really look for it. You just kind of look for it, and it'll just pop up. Really, the only thing to find all these you have to do is just go to every corner of the room. Yeah. You know, as long as you go to every corner and you check, nine times out of ten, you're rewarded with something. And, like, sometimes it's the secret encounters, which I really freaking love, um, which are the, you know, the timed encounters. And then I think in the Blood Swamps, yes, it is the Blood Swamps, you have a Slayer Gate. Yes, and I love that Slayer Gate. That's dude, the best part about the Blood Swamps is the Slayer Gate. Dude, the Slayer Gate, and this one in particular throws a possessed Marauder at you. It's the worst. I love it. It's the worst, but like in here, I don't care about it being fair. When you do a Slayer Gate, and this is how I felt in the um, Doom Eternal, uh, I was talking to Michael, co-host on the show, usually Michael, and he was... Um, he was getting through a tunnel. He was really struggling, and he was dodging all the Slayer gates. Oh, and I said, "Dude, the Slayer gates are like I want a playlist, and I can just start with the Slayer gates and just play through them." Because at that point, it doesn't care about being fair. I don't care that you keep the game balanced inside the Slayer gates. 
the Slayer Gates is literally just like, and hey, good luck, little buddy. Yeah. Are you in there? We'll yeah. see what. Let's see how we kill you. Like I can see the devs sitting there the whole time, being like, "Wouldn't it be really fucked up if we threw a possessed Marauder at him? Let's just throw. Let's throw a possessed Marauder. Should we take all the other enemies away when you do it? Hell no. You dude, let's keep I'm spawning. T- I'm telling you, part two is gonna blow it's your mind. Me, man. It's gonna blow your fucking mind. So okay, well, if I remember, Eric died sixty-eight times on part one, and then when we do part two, I'm just gonna sit here and be like, okay, this is. This is my next number. You, you, before we go into the final uh, map here, I do want to talk about a couple things about uh, why I didn't like the Blood Swamps. And I guess what I did like about the Blood Swamps, which isn't a lot. Um, so first thing, the Malagog, the, the boss battle. Yeah. I, I actually died so many times on my first run of this that I put it down for a month. On that particular boss fight? Yeah, because the damn, I think it was the Hell Knight, was it a Hell Knight that keeps just following you around, and he's like super fast, and you got the pinky, and then you got the the eye giving you some environmental damage, and then you got the flamethrowers, and it it was a lot, so I had to downgrade the difficulty a little bit. Just, Just a little bit? Just a little bit. It's a safe, man, it's a safe place here. We can, we can talk about, like I said, I, I did not, I did not. I am not swinging my dick around here on Doom, all right? Like I, <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, shit, we're going to... But like the, the interesting fact about that is they rob you of the air and they rob you of the ground. Yeah. Because the, the Hell Knight's going to keep you from from being able to, you know, just run away. And then the pinkies are over there. You can't jump. So you're literally being robbed of all your verticality, verticality and your, um, your safety on the ground. It feels like you're, and you spend so much time waiting for the eyes to open. Yeah. And that I've, I was just the whole time just dying to miscellaneous damage. Because they also even, throw the shotgun guys. I wasn't even dying to the boss itself. No. I was dying to the normal minions that were bothering me from focusing on the boss. And I don't know. I think I might have, I would have liked it a little bit better if the boss was not two eyeballs. If he looked cool, it if would it justify. If it was like a grand spectacle, really, to kind of justify the arena. If you look back at the Icon of Sin fight, no, it's so very good. similar. So good. Because the Icon of Sin fight is you're dealing with the Icon of Sin, but the bulk of the stuff that's really the the threat is all the other demons chasing you. So you're, like, you're fighting the Icon of Sin, fighting the Icon of Sin, run away, deal with the other demons, deal with the other demons. But because the Icon of Sin is such like an iconic moment and he looks freaking badass and he's right there and the whole scene, it makes it feel more epic. So dying by the demons fighting with you, it doesn't feel as bad. Mm-mm. Here it's like, well, I'm fighting two eyeballs, man. Yeah. I killed the Icon of Sin with a sword. You tell me I can't, you know. Yeah, that, I guess that's another reason why it bothered me so much is because I was still on the high of literally killing the Icon of Sin. And stabbed him in the brain with the crucible, yeah. which is why you don't have the crucible. It's because it's embedded in the brain of the icon of sin, which is uh, good continuity. Yeah, good stuff. I, I great appreciate stuff. that. I appreciate. Now you've played part two, but we get another fancy, fancy, cool melee weapon in part yeah, two because I've do. seen the trailer. We do. Yeah, but we, we'll save that for a different time. Okay. Okay. Tell me what else. What else is going on in the blood swamps? You got uh, down. So, uh, this is a funny thing. Uh, plant pod thing equals bad. I wrote that yes. down. You can't even shoot them to get rid of them. Yeah, no, they just keep respawning over and over again. Uh, giant tentacle thing is bad. 
I have a soft spot for the giant tentacle because every time they pop up, they get me. Like, I'll be in the water, and I know they're there. I mean, I know they're there. You know what they do? They have, you know the little holes where you know they come out of? Yeah. You When you notice it, you, you're like, okay, it's going to come out, and then it never does. So then you let your guard down, and then the next time, it's like, oh, surprise, and um, it gets you every time. I like You, that. like, slowly peek towards... It's the only time in the game I'm not running at full speed. Because I'll be like slowly moving towards it with my double barrel shotgun, waiting, 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 waiting. Mm-hmm. And when it walks, it feels good. It's like, ah, fuck you, freaking yeah. hentai tentacle. Not today, but you know. And it just keeps, but I don't know, I think it bothered me in Blood Swamps because it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And it really doesn't add anything. They literally throw a big, like, I, I was kind of hoping that like maybe you would deal with like, we never see what the thing is. That's, oh, I know. It, I was like, maybe in the Blood Swamps, you fight. Whatever was got these big tentacles. That well, would have been a really cool final boss. If, if you put those eyeballs on a grotesque-looking Leviathan-type monster with Dude. those tentacles, and then the tentacles will like kind of fly around the outer rim. Yeah, it's like um, that's a boss fight in the Lord of the Rings when they go into the mines of Moria, and oh, they deal with reference. the the monster outside of the mines. Yes. like it's it would be like that. Like, if you have a fight there where you got to shoot the two, same two eyeballs and all that stuff, I'm okay with that. But instead of dealing with, you know, just floating eyeballs, you're dealing with the creature that's been throwing these tentacles at you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Dude, man. Well, there was also Completely different feelings on this whole level. Well, they also did something in the base game. I forgot what the creature was called, but it had the eyeballs on the side, and it was like a the floor was lava. You know what I'm talking about? I, I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to think what... Turn of bug? I don't know. Yeah, it was... And see, I always took that that, that was supposed to be like... It wasn't like, even technically a boss battle. No, it was just like a... that would have worked better as a boss battle yeah. for the Blood Swamps. I think that would have been cooler than just the floating eyes. Because also they play up the tentacles so much. I mean, there's a sequence in which a giant one comes after you. you got to shoot it with rockets. Right, right in the middle of the arena, too. Yeah, so why not make that a part of the boss fight? I wonder if some of that's just timing. You know, because this game did very, very well. But I imagine this DLC was in production way before the game was finished. So I wonder if they just didn't have the resources or something like that. But Well, I'm curious if uh, COVID didn't have a thing to do with it. because they probably couldn't have the same maybe they had to decrease the size of their their development crews i wonder if it was quarantining practices they probably had to divvy it up that way was it supposed to always be a part one and a part two or was it supposed to be one big thing i wonder if that maybe is why it's split I'm sure somewhere out there they, they explained it ahead of time, but I wonder if, you know... My, honestly, my opinion is going to be a little more negative than that. They probably split it in two because uh, more money. <laughs> well, the season pass will get you both. Oh, well. I, yeah. See, I don't, I don't buy season passes. I usually don't buy DLC. The last time I bought DLC before this game, and Call of Duty World at War. That was some good DLC, though, man. Great DLC. Had, like... There was like five or six. They released. They gave you five like or six five maps. multiplayer maps and then a zombie map. And the zombie maps to this day are legendary. Dude, there's the multiplayer map that's basically a redo of the first mission in World of War, where it's like the Japanese village on the beach. Making. Making a toll. Yes. Dude, you run around there with a Thompson. I can freaking. Dude. We can do that today. 
Dude. We've been playing some World of War today. I actually have it on PC. I bought the. Well, I built this really expensive, nice new PC, and I only really use it to play Old Doom and fucking Call of Duty World at War on. They they still play online. Dude, we have a whole podcast dedicated to old video games. I know the feeling. Do you know how often I've been sitting there and it's like, this game came out in 1994 and I'm playing this on my nice big 60 inch. I play mm-hmm. Grim Fandango on a 60 inch TV. Yeah. Like, I mean, sometimes that's like the best would, thing to do, You would have man. never have done that back in the day. You no. Know, I, you have like a shitty, bulky TV that's... Uh, it's a hell of... I am like I, the... I talked to somebody recently where they were talking about like um, like the E3 not being a thing last year, not probably happening this year. And like I'm the guy who's sitting there the whole time at E3 watching the end of the press conference all excited about like, oh shit, they're releasing like freaking Stubbs the Zombie is coming out on Switch. Thank I'm gonna God. Play some, yeah, like uh, Republic oh, they're, Commando. They're re-releasing is, Oblivion for another console? Marowind is on freaking Game Pass now, and I was looking at it um, a couple of days ago being like, dude, man, I never played that one. I'm telling you, nostalgia is a hell of a it's drug. It's a hell of a drug. it make you feel good, man. make you feel good. Um, the My favorite thing about this whole process is... Like, when you finally do beat the two eyeball bosses, the, uh, you deal with the, you finally get the option to pick between the Father and the Dark Lord. And, yeah, and I, I wrote this here. I said, regarding Father's fear, don't move. <laughs> My favorite thing is, too, like, you think at this part, Hayden be like, okay, I know how this is gonna go. He's gonna just... He's going to pick the fucking Dark Lord. He never he, listens to me. But the fact that he's the whole time being like, hey, well, what are you doing? It's his only chance. It's, it's you back know? here. It's back here. What are you walking past it for? No, you don't, don't go near that one. You don't want anything to do with that one. He was like, oh, you don't want to You don't want to do that one. And then he's just like, but I do. <laughs> the Doom Slayer has more personality without saying a single word than a lot of freaking video game protagonists have. That talk for six or seven hours. We've been we played Sleeping Dogs on the last uh, series of games, and I was talking to you about how like, Emma Stone's in that thing. I love and they it. they paid fucking Emma Stone to be in that video game, and the Doom Slayer in this game has more personality than fucking Emma Stone did in that Sleeping Dogs game. And, they, and, and he don't say they, a single thing. You know they paid a pretty penny. Oh, dude, she she made she made bank. She was in all the ads. Oh. I, I will not let that one go. I never will. You know, honestly, it, it almost got me to buy Sleeping Dogs on launch, but something told me to... I, I just fell out of gaming for a while. That was like peak Emma Stone, though. I, uh, it was peak Emma Stone. I was too busy watching all of her movies at that point. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, she don't look like that in the video game. I ain't gonna, <laughs> I ain't gonna yeah, buy yeah. you a Sleeping Dogs. Uh, it's just her voice. I can just play the movies on audio put my headphones in if you I listen really to, to like the the easy a audio book there you go you know there please, you go i would please tell me those that like a, a novel adaption remember like I'm, I'm sure you could probably get like screenplay readings but it probably won't be the actual like nah then it's like fake emma stone i don't want to do that fake emma stone fake emma stone. yeah I mean, you want the real I want deal. legit emma stone damn it okay um but back, <laughs> back to i love that uh, this is all this is all these shows are is just segues and um it's so easy to get off topic. yeah it's easy to get off topic uh we're sitting here when we finally we select the dark lord 
and my favorite thing is the moment he grabs the Dark Lord and Hayden's freaking out like, hey, like maybe not do don't that. do this. When he goes and teleports back to the uh, the UAC ship that's been your kind of base of operations. Um, Everyone panic except that one intern. Who's I just love like, that intern. Oh, you, well, my favorite thing is he's the only guy who has any faith in the Doom Slayer, which is bonkers to me because like he just killed the Icon of Sin not even like two missions ago. Well, he also he's the only guy who he looks at the Doom Slayer and he goes, "Oh, okay." Clearly, well, he knows you're exactly going- what his plan is. Well, he's, he's like, like, clearly you got to bring him back to kill him for good. So we're going to do that. Let's do that. And like up to this point, not once has the Doomslayer done anything pro-demon. Why is it that everyone else assumes like, oh shit, he's here to help the demons take the Dark Lord, you know, bring the Dark Lord back. And the intern guy's like, yeah, of course he wants to bring him back. He got to kill him for good. Let's do this. He's going to stab him. Everybody else like evacuates the ship. He's like, ah, okay, let's do this. He's, he's got a big fucking gun, and he's not afraid to use it on the Dark Lord, yeah. okay? But he needs a physical body first. Yeah, you just gotta... You can't kill something that's in a ball. We gotta freaking bring him back, and then we can kill him. Yeah, because if... um, I don't... I think... Well, it's kind of like the story, so it's not really a part two. It's not really giving it away, but basically the whole idea is that killing the father... Or, I'm sorry, killing... Satan, I guess. It's the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord. It's Satan. It's Satan. It's Bible 2.0. Uh, yeah, so if you kill the Dark Lord, basically uh, all the demons outside of hell will be gone. They'll die, um, you know, Avengers style. Yeah, it's literally like everybody turns to dust. Yeah. I mean, that the Ancient Gods Part 2 trailer has the Avengers in-game moment of like all the portals opening and, and his giant mechs. Dude, it delivers, man. I'm so, dude. I, I'm. I'm, I'm not I'm gonna excited. say much else about part two. Don't say part two. We would do a part two. I mean, that's just at this point we have to. We ain't got a choice. We gotta do. It. But yeah, so he's he's gonna bring the Dark Lord back because he's like, no, fuck this guy, especially. Got to kill him, and the only way to do that is if he has a physical body for me to to stab. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's so, literally like, hey, I can't stab something that ain't real. Let's get this done. So now he has to go to, what is it, Erdak? It, it goes to Erdak. The mission itself is called the Holt. Okay. Um, the Erdak stuff in the original game was actually not something I was as into because I didn't like the Makers enemies. Um, I still don't like them, to be honest. I don't like them because, like, the, okay, you're introduced to, like, a buffed-up version of the Makers here. Where the regular Makers, at this point, you get so accustomed to just, like, one-shotting them with the... The one the, the uh, precision, bolt. precision bolt that it's like I don't know why you're even here. A lot of times I will kill all the other enemies and have to go hunt them down to finish them off just to get out of the section. But the buffed up new version, the Blood Maker, is the worst because it's just it's another enemy it's you another, have to wait to kill. It it to me it breaks up the whole fast paced gameplay. That's why I don't really like the spirits too much. I like yeah. what they bring to it. But the whole idea of like, okay, here's the microwave beam, and you got to beam it, and then you're just kind of like waiting for that to blow up because it takes forever. But I, w- I understand because it's like forcing you to use different mods, different weapons. It's the only time I ever used the microwave beam in Doom because I always use the overcharge for the plasma rifle. It's, it's a better mod. Yeah, honestly. it's a better mod. Um, I think maybe I heard somewhere, and this take this for what it is, I might be wrong. But my understanding is that they looked at some of the attachments that players generally did not use 
And that's some of the reasons why some of those attachments are more popular in the ancient gods, like the precision bolt and like the microwave, because generally I think like the micro missiles are usually what people use for the the heavy rifle and then Mm -hmm. the overcharge. Um, I think I I read that in an interview somewhere. Uh, Take that for a grain of salt. But um, I enjoyed that whole concept, and I like the concept of having to get rid of something before it empowers something else. Mm-hmm. Because boy, does it suck when it jumps into something mm-hmm. else, and you're like, oh, shit. I let it. I let it happen once, and then I was like, never again. Well, and sometimes also it will jump into something worse. Yeah, like you'll be in a fight, and it'll be like a, a pinky demon or something that you're that is possessed, and then it'll jump into like the the tyrant. The, the tyrant or the cyber, uh knight. The cyborg de- demon, yeah, yeah, and you'll be dude, freaking the dude. When those things get possessed, you're you're just fucked. Game over. Um, but yeah, trying to keep those things off there. But the blood maker breaks that because you just spend so much time watching him, waiting for him to go into his little phase, and then you can one shot him in the head and call it a day. But there's a secret encounter here where you have to fight one of those, a marauder. And then there's like two zombies. Did you complete it? Yes. Because I got very lucky on the second or third go around, he went into that phase right when I opened up the door. Mm-hmm. And I was able to shoot him right then and then deal with the marauder. Twice I failed that because I killed everybody else, but I couldn't get to the last zombie in time. Oh, and I you never it. have felt embarrassed or like demasculated than like desperately searching for one zombie. Like, please, I got a fucking rocket launcher. I will kill you. Just give me one second. Now, what I what I did is uh, I immediately went for the zombies, okay? And as soon as I went for zombies, the uh, blood maker did his little thing, and then I zapped him with the, the precision bolt. Then I pres- And then I chainsawed one zombie and then did the bolt for the other guy. And then at this point, here comes the marauder, but ain't no one else around me. It's just me and him. So the the classic combo, and I was done. Do you think about like the fact that in Doom Eternal, there's a moment when you introduce to the Marauder, there's a moment in which you like he shows up and it's a boss fight, and now he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just a common thing. Yeah, just you know, just throw the Marauder in there too, like you know, just just th- in there. He used to he had an entry into the franchise. There was a speech he made when he first showed up, and now it's just like eh. Just a guy. Just throw a guy in there. Uh, you want to throw another imp in here? Nah, man. Just throw a marauder in there. Let's keep it a little bit interesting. <laughs> well, it, uh, I, I like the marauders a lot. A lot of people didn't. I, I I still dig them. I think they're probably, to be honest with you, they're my favorite enemy type. Because they're most like the you. They're most yeah. like your game style. A lot of people was like, oh, it slows everything down. Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, it's just like, it you're, it's sense. like you're fighting yourself. It makes sense, especially with the ending. We'll jump into the ending here for a second, but with the fact that the whole setup of this is dealing with like an evil version of you, it makes sense that Hell would have an evil version of the Doomslayer because like all this lore that it talks about with the, like the Night Sentinels and stuff like that, wouldn't Hell have their own version of those guys? And that's the Marauder. He's he's the guy who would be killing Night Sentinels. Mm-hmm. In you know in the lore, it's like the Night Sentinels are these super badasses. Of course, they've got to have somebody who can kill the Night Sentinels, and that's the yeah, that's the Marauder. That's what he does, and he's got a great design. Um, McFarlane made an awesome action figure of him that I occasionally come across and try to like buy on Amazon, but I can't bring myself to do it. But I know exactly what you're dude, talking it's about. It's like it went up. It when it first came out, it was like twenty bucks, and I should have bought it then. 
but like now it's like 40 or 50 dollars and it's just like slightly too much to justify for me buying an action figure yeah but dude i, but I mean i got i got all kinds of okay i'm about to nerd out for that i got all kinds of action figures i got like a joker from the dark knight in his box i got like animated series batmobile do you keep them in the box yes i can't keep them like if you go out there on my bookshelf i got like the ones that i buy like i I rip those things open in a second man it's like oh freaking shit this is a kitty omega action figure no there i have a couple that are open i have a Shaun of the dead figurine that i actually took out of the box but because i took it out of the box um it broke oh see now so ever since then i'm just like all right like never again well it it was a it was a shelf that i kept right above my bed and i don't i think someone was playing around and they jumped on my bed and then their straight foot kicked his arm (laughs) off it's like that sean goes flying across the room i've it's like slow motion i was like no sean but it's fine. Fandom is a weird thing because you've never had to like control your angle being like a 26 or 27 year old man and have somebody break something like that. Because like I had a similar thing where my, my kid knocked something over and I like as a grown man, I'm like, shouldn't be that mad. Happens. Little kid. But it's like the, the freaking nerd in me was like, motherfucker, do you know how hard it is to find this Moon Knight figure? Do you know how expensive this is? a freaking cool Moon Knight figure, and now it's got no arm. you know how much time I made, I spent on this? Oh, well, I freaking earned this Moon Knight figure. Um, Back to the, the Holt stuff. Yeah, so. Dude, other than the uh, the the Blood Maker stuff, I really do enjoy this level. It's there good. is a lot of uh, environmental stuff, especially with the boss fight, where the floor is basically like you said lava yeah, the, that's the worst part for me is about i like the boss fight but like you got the lasers going through like it's like some mission impossible movie and then you have the eyeballs running around and then you have the worst possible demons by his side that goes in. he he gets everything like he gets and, then, and he teleports, and then he can hurt you, and holy crap. Well, then I he was can bring the eyes, the little eyeballs, like in the second phase of it when you're in like, um, when you're in like the, all the platforms are raised, and they're yeah. all like electrified. He'll put those like little eyeballs inside those platforms, so you're just, a lot of times they'll be behind you, you don't know it, and you'll take and, damage and from them. And it slows you down. Yeah, which is worse. Which to be is honest the worst with you, part. Worse. I don't mind that they hurt me, but they slow me down. Well, like in the blood swamps, that's the problem with the plants. Right. Is because you get slowed down by those. And, like, a lot of times I'll take the damage. And the purple goo. We don't talk about the purple goo. We don't talk goo. about the poop. That, that one I can't justify. I usually try to defend them, but that one's... I don't, I don't like the I don't goo. get why I'm that so was there. I'm so glad that the base game, they use it very sparingly. Um, if you play... I mean, you've talked some Dead Space... There's the sections in Dead Space where Isaac walks like he's on his tiptoes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, here, let's slow you down a little bit. That's um, the worst. That's fine in a horror game. It's not fine in Doom. I don't ever well, want to not be going fast. The whole basis is you got to go fast or you'll die. So then yeah. they're like, okay, well, here's some floor that makes him go not fast. Dude's a god, dude. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Doom Slayer <laughs> surely, is a god. Surely this purple goo isn't going to stop him from going super fast i can see in the meeting why it made sense if someone's like hey this whole game people go fast what happens if we threw something in them that makes them go slow and someone's like cool that seems like a really cool idea it's a good balance idea 
but it just it it breaks what makes the game fun. Like I I want to be I want to feel like a freaking Superman. Yeah. And when you hit that stuff and it's like okay, so goo can slow down a god. Like he he walks through hell, man. <laughs> like I he know. walks through he- hell. Fears this man, but purple goo is a problem. <laughs> right. And you know the the best thing about this mission though is like. There's these moments, okay? So, like, there's two, like, main battles before you get to, like, the boss. Yeah, it's like, um... So you got, like, the pinky. Dude! And it has all the blood punches. That felt like classic Doom for me. It had a gimmick. I liked it. It was a gimmick, but, dude, I thought it glitched on me because they keep coming. Like, (laughs) don't get me wrong, that's actually the part that, when I talk about getting nauseous, that was the part that got me nauseous. Really? All the blood punching? It's all the blood punches and all the flashes, but like I say that it's like it's a bad thing. It's not because, dude, it feels freaking cool, especially when you're punching through like seven or eight of them at a time, and it's just like bam, 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 and you're just like repeat punching these demons, and they just keep coming. The only thing that bumps me out about that fight is they throw the makers in there too, and then mm. they throw a mancubus at one point, and I didn't want to deal with them at the time. Like just keep throwing. Like you talk about it being a gimmick, and it is, and it's a cool one. But I just want just just make it be a pure gimmick. Yeah. Let well, it be they, just me punching demons. They do more of that in in part two as well. Okay, which is I, really I, cool. I, it, it reminds me of like the tricks and traps level in Classic Doom, where you walk in and it's just a bunch of barons and then a cyber demon. You're just like, and you have to press the switch behind the cyber demon. You just make them in fight. Have you heard of infighting? I have heard of infighting. I saw some last night while I was playing Doom 64. There's a moment in which... Um, a little bit of infighting next. Well, I actually saw... I tricked a, a shotgun zombie into shotgunning another zombie. And it was just like... it's like I wanted like a little achievement to pop up and just be like, Pro Gable move. Nice. <laughs> it felt so good. No, well, it didn't happen. That's yeah. what I wanted. Well, Ancient Gods, I actually got someone to infight. Yeah. I did not know that was even possible in Ancient Gods, because yeah, I, I, I never saw it. I got one of the soldiers pissed off at um, someone else. I think it was like a mancubus, and he was just wailing on him. Man. And I and they were just, like, he was, like, hitting him with his gun and all kinds of the melee attacks. And I was like, all right, I, that's interesting. But he, the way the ammo's set up, you don't have to end fight. In the classic games, you can't just chainsaw and get ammo, so you have to do some sort of combination of end fighting to get through the really hard ones. Well, especially when you start getting into like situation where there's a lot of open spaces, mm. where like the end fighting is also a way of keeping them from kind of at bay. So yeah. That they don't get you to y'all deal with each other over there so i can deal with these guys marauder over here y'all just kind (laughs) of hang out over there yeah it it works out you cannot make an argument like we talk about doom 3 a little bit and i'm jumping back for a second but it's such a weird thing how they they modernize the doom feeling for these two games and then the dlc here because you talk about the infighting like that's a mechanic that's it makes sense like the moment i saw it in 64 when he shotguns the demon in front of him and kills him and it's like oh shit it's just a small little thing but it makes you feel more like you're you feel smart you feel like you 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 baited the system i broke something yeah and the fact that they still can make that same feeling today on these games man it just the amount of care that went into these things is amazing um because you see what went into the original games like if you ever read the book masters of doom i have it on my nightstand I, I've got like like two chapters, three chapters I started in, but 
because this made me want to, dude. And um, freaking like the amount of care they put into this game when it came out the first time. You feel that same level of craftsmanship in these, yeah, 100%. and that's like the thing that makes this is a single player game that is people are still playing through multiple times over and over again. That doesn't really happen now. Like a lot of times, you beat a game, you put it away, you go to the next one, especially with like the massive like release schedule and things like Game Pass, where you just always got something new. The fact that people are still sitting down, like, oh, dude, man, check out, I finally beat it on Nightmare. Yeah. And, like, that's something that goes back to those old, old feelings of, like, on the Nintendo and Super Nintendo and stuff like that where you were like, dude, I finally beat Mario. It took me two years. Yeah. But, like, the I fact... I still that... haven't beat Mario 64 to this day. I know. We ain't gonna talk about that now. I know. We gonna... Yeah, I've met people multiple times who have never beat Mario, like, without doing the warp jumps. And... Like, I just realized, I think that the bulk of the people who played Mario never played, like, 4 through 5. Like, Ward 4 and 5 doesn't exist to most people's Mario experience. But, um, this whole section, man, with the the whole halt leads up to basically us giving form to the, the Dark Lord. Yeah. And what do you want to talk about before we get there? Because we're about to get to the end here. Is there any other points you want to hit us up? No, I think I think we're reaching the end of this DLC. And I, obviously, I want to get your like overall. overall opinion of it. Well, I'm gonna also do something too because since you played part two, I want to try to take some guesses. Oh, okay. So, and what we're gonna do is we're gonna put this on recording, and then when we do part two, we can see if Eric was right or not. Sure. Um, we get to the ending here. We do the big fight with the the Seraphim. Um, also, the father gives is able to talk to us in this section. Yes, and the father also tells you, uh, now's not the time to kill him. Or, don't kill him, you don't need to. Well, he's and like, he he's, just phases him away. Yeah, he's like, he's just a, he's just a servant. Like, yeah. he, it was almost like he was doing what he was supposed to do. Like, it feels a little bit like, don't blame him for doing what he was made to do. You yeah, because the father obviously wants Erdak to be sealed off and everything, be hunky-dory for Erdak. Um. So the seraphim being his assistant and servant is probably more is like, well, I have the physical body. It's my job to stop this guy from doing this. Yeah, it's like, of course he would do this. Like, yeah, and with the father having the voice that reminds you of Vega, because it's slightly distorted, but it's mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty it's much still his Vega. voice. It's Vega. Yeah. It gives you like that. Um. You want to naturally kind of believe he's got the best interest at heart. Well, he's all knowing. Yeah, but but this is Doom though. Like when we got to Ardak the first time, and like this is the Heaven equivalent, and they're all evil too. You know, so you know, there's no there's no positives here in Doom Ward. Um, everything sucks. Everything sucks <laughs> except the Doom Slayer, uh, and even then he'll pull you in your little rolling chair around. That's still my favorite thing is oh, that yeah. we get to see. The key card. Well, also, I love seeing humans' perspectives on the Doom Slayer. I'm a big Warhammer guy, and they always describe like how humans interact with uh, the uh, Space Marines in a similar way. Like the concept of like being in the presence of them mm-hmm. is just they're like eight foot tall, genetically modified monsters. It's daunting. Well, it's like if me and you were in the room with like the guy who played the Mountain on Game of Thrones, where yeah. it's like. 
this is just like a freaking man who could rip our head off and not even, you know, or or, or Dwayne the Rock Johnson just shows up at your door. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh shit. You know, funny story. I was actually at she Wait, funny story. The Rock, the Rock was at your front door? No. Okay, okay. Uh, but I was at Sheets and Shaquille O'Neal was there in Archdale. Shaquille O'Neal was at Sheets. Yeah, he he was getting gas. He was just passing through. It was right off 85. It was perfect, right? Dude. Let me tell you something. That was daunting. Dude is very, did, Okay, very did big. you, did you, we're putting the doom stuff to the side now. We got to talk about Shaq. Did you go talk to him? Did you like say hi or something? No, not at all. I went in and got my drink and I left. I, I would have had to say something. Like, see, I felt like enough people were doing that for me. I didn't want to bother the guy. Okay, I can. I met. Um, speaking of Archdale, Ric Flair was in um, the Speedway in Archdale That's one correct. time. That's correct. Yeah, and I, he was. Uh, he's also known to frequent uh, a Dollar General in the Boone area. I th- which I is really weird that these are the places he's at. Yeah. But uh, I my my dad was with me, and my dad was a, a wrestling fan back when Ric Flair was you know the man, and like. It was the only time I ever seen my dad like be excited about meeting someone or seeing somebody. Like my dad is like, they just he, My dad, I think, is kind of a generation thing, or maybe yeah. it's just him. He never like got excited about anything. Like if a movie release that he cared about was coming, like it wasn't like, oh shit, we gotta go see this on open the weekend. He didn't care. We'll see it eventually. It'll be on. It'll be. It'll hit Blockbuster eventually. We'll go see uh, it when it hits Blockbuster. I remember Blockbuster. I love that. Yeah. Movie. But, like, he would never, you know, was a pumped about anything. But then Ric Flair was there. He was like, it's just Ric Flair. I can't we got, we got, Rick, 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 he called him Rick, which I thought was very informal for you Honestly, know. hilarious. So yeah, it, but, like, like Rick what was, would you call him? Ric Flair was really, really cool. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. woo. <laughs> <laughs> but he it's just, weird. He, he just speaks in woos. He doesn't if actually you, say words. If you're not in this area, Archdale is not, like, a big town. So the fact that like you have a Shaq story from Archdale and yeah. I have a Ric Flair story from Archdale. Yeah, is actually, really... I actually, um, I had a friend whose ex girlfriend actually took a picture with him. Oh wow, really? Yeah, Dude. and and she she was a tiny little thing, and uh, yeah, he is very well, very very big. He was on AEW recently, and like here he is with a bunch of like professional wrestlers who you know, generally all six foot two, six foot three. And he just dwarfs. He, he was in the ring with Cody. I think Cody's like 6'1". And he he just makes them look like children. Like, yeah. it's just, it's scary big. I'm a fairly tall person, but, like, he's just scary big. Like, and his hands, like, in like, they had him do, like, choke slams. And he wrap his hands around these guys' necks, and it goes around the back. Like, you yeah. can see, like, him almost at their spine. Like, usually you put your hand on somebody's neck, it stops at the front. Now he's like practically wrapping around the entire neck to pick these guys up it was he's a big guy man he's it's funny but okay back to doing doing the thing again so overall what what do you think about the dlc is it is it good is it mediocre is it bad i liked it a lot i think it's better than eternal what yes no why because here's my reason here's my reason you need to back for eternal eternal was it, it had a lot of these badass moments, but I was sitting back and trying to remember like particular missions in Eternal, and there's about three or four of them in particular that really that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Here, 
say what you want about the blood swamps, but it, it made us remember it, it. It made me remember it, and I had that feeling I had those four or five particular fights in Eternal the entire time through the Ancient Gods. Now you couldn't have done that from the get go. You had to teach me how to deal with these fights. Like you can't take somebody who's never played Eternal no. and stick them in here. It's just gonna they're gonna get demolished. Like huh? you have okay. to have an entire game to to train you on how to deal with this problem. But dude, once you once you are like a master, like this is like okay, you're a master at Doom now. Now it's time to kick you in the face. You know, you it's like in UFC. It's like you've won all the local fights and you beat people up in backyards. Now it's time to throw you in there with Conor McGregor and let him punch you. There you go. Like it, that's what this is and from a story perspective really it, fleshes a lot of things out. It, it fleshes out stuff like the father, it fleshes out the makers. Eternal is entirely focused as it should be on like the dealing with hell stuff. Mm-hmm. And so here being like Let's really deal with the other side of the coin here. And it is classic Doom logic and Doom guy logic to be like, the easiest way to fix this is to kill this Dark Lord. So let's bring the Dark Lord back so I can fucking murder him. What a baller move. Like confidence you need to have. All right, we're going to resurrect the Dark Lord. And don't worry, I will kill him. Yeah, it's not a problem. It's not like it's not going to happen. Because if it doesn't happen, things are going to be really bad. No, it's not not going to happen. Um, going into my weird theories, because we get the Avengers moments in the trailer, uh, remember when you meet the, was it, the Fallen? It's the Night Sentinel guy in Eternal that you meet, and he's in hell, and he's just kind of chilling. Yeah. Um, I thought he was going to play a big role in all of this. I'm assuming he shows back up in the Ancient Gods Part 2. We will find out next We will find episode. out. Okay. There you go. Okay. Here's my three theories. You got to write them down. Okay. Uh, obviously, I can't really say if yeah, you're don't right s- or not. Yeah. Fallen pops back up and plays role in the you know the big siege with the Dark Lord. Um, part two of my theory. Uh, Doom Guy says one cool line. Is this? We'll, we'll find out. Doom Guy says one thing. Preferably something like a one-liner at the end of the game. Is this dumb? Yes. Does Eric want this to happen? Yes. And then... Um, you sure you didn't play it? I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, Doom Guy says, uh, I'm here to finish the fight. And then it cuts to black. <laughs> um, <laughs> That'd be you, so bad. <laughs> dude, I was... I Doom, had that Doom Guy says, go back to hell or something <laughs> stupid. Oh, I'll see you in hell. Oh, go. No, it would just be go to hell. Yeah, that'd right? be the worst. He's about to kill the Dark Lord. The Dark Lord says some line like, don't you know what you're doing? And he just goes, go to hell. <laughs> and then it, then it cuts. I think I would literally um, vomit all over my floor if uh, that I happened. Would, dude, I would have a seizure, I think. I would be so happy. Because I, if you're going to be corny, be real corny, man. Well, yeah, if you're so going to do the whole says, rip and tear thing, you got to go all in. Everybody made fun of the rip and tear thing. But I, think, I still think that's one of the cooler lines. If you made a t-shirt that just says rip and tear, you could never wear it in public. But Sure you can. <laughs> dude, have you ever seen like the weird like tie t-shirts they make where it's like, here's just the anime girl with an orgasm face. And it's like, who, where? Where do you wear this shirt? I, I can't think of a single moment where it's like socially acceptable. It would have to be in like, 
you that would just have to be your like your uh your it, it's your, your sleeping like, shirt. Sure. It's your sleeping shirt, and you can't. You have to change when you have people come over. <laughs> but then it was like you have to bury it somewhere. Like you can't like run the risk of somebody walking by your hat your handball and being like, "Oh shit, what's this?" You know, you have to like put it under your mattress. What what friends do you have that just check out your hamper? You never check out people's hampers. I actually it's, it tells a lot about dude, a man. I I knew a kid um, who this is getting into some like old Eric lore. I knew a kid who at like a friend's like birthday party one time, like went digging through his hamper at one point to try to find something. I forget what it was, but we walked in on him doing it. My worst nightmare. And it was just like this weird moment of like, what the fuck you like? Even at like fourteen, it was just like this is the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. What's wrong with you, fellas? I gotta say, that's some of the most fucked up shit. Like I would never show my face again if I was that kid. But he was, he was like, hey, it's just a thing I do, man. Well, I you live, you learn. Okay, you keep. All right, so Fallen pops up. Fallen pops up. Doom guy says one line, preferably see you in hell. And then, uh, yay. We get some Doom 64 stuff where you fight beside other space marines and shit. Because in Doom 64, those times where, like, you deal with, like, it was friendly guys here. Like, at the beginning of it, there's, like, a whole cutscene that they play, and it slowly pans to, like, the top of the mountain, and it says Doom. Yeah, that's, that's the yeah, cool like, cutscene. I, I could see them referencing that, because Doom 64 plays really hard into, like, Doom and Doom Eternal, you know, even with the special weapon being the weapon from Doom 64. So yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say that we get some friendly Space Marines. I'm going to put friends here. All right, so when Eric <laughs> plays this... Friends. These are these are my three theories. Are they the most exciting ones? Maybe. Am I hoping that he says go to hell? Yes. So anything else to close out our ancient gods, other than the fact that we're gonna have, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and volunteer you for a second part. We gotta do part two. Yeah, man. I'm, I, you know, I'm down for that. I got I got some more interesting stuff about Doom sixty four as well we, that I didn't share this time, but I'll share next time. Does it play into the the part two part? I can make it play into. The okay, part we'll make it play into part two. <laughs> But it was good, man. Was, thank you for being on the show, man. Dude, thanks for having me. It was awesome. You got anything you want to plug? Now's the plug time. Plug time. Um, sure. Uh, I have a buddy, Gil, and okay. we're going to be doing a podcast ourselves called Where You Be. Where You Be. Where You Be. So uh, wherever you may be, if we when we put it up, I think it'll probably be on Stitcher, uh, Anchor. I think you suggested Anchor. If you use Anchor, it'll be everywhere. Like we, yeah. have, you have that thing on iTunes. I mean, some could say that there's an ad that says Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast, but I don't know if you would trust those guys who've been pimping out the Anchor for a little while. Yeah, I, I feel like you were those guys, so maybe we'll, you know, hell, I'll, I'll check out Anchor and then we'll we'll get it out there to these good people. And if uh, you like my quips, I I do those there too. Yeah, I mean, Let's and definitely talk about everything. When you launch it, let me know. We'll advertise it. We'll tell everybody on the show, and then we'll also put it in the show notes. We'll put a link to it. Oh, you're too kind. Oh, we're kind people, man. We're, we're high-quality people over here at Stay of the Sayer. Don't tell nobody, though, because then they'll get mad. Um, <laughs> man, it was a good show. Thank you for coming by. Uh, as always, it's uh, it's time for us to plug our own stuff now. Uh, state of the Save at gmail.com or State of Save if you're OG and who wants to go to the old email address. Uh, you can send your email address, all your emails there. You can tell us how wrong we are, how filthy casuals we are at Doom. I'm expecting those emails. Oh, I'd like to 
maybe get copied if you can. Forward I'll, them I'll to forward them to you. I'd Here's to what we'll it. do: we'll issue a joint statement <laughs> on the emails, <laughs> depending on how bad it gets. We might have to do a second show, where it's just apology show. <laughs> me and you being like, "Dear State of the Save community, we do apologize for our opinions," and just link to like all the pro gamers that have like their feelings on the matter. It's like. Doom Killer Six 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 says that we're a bunch of fucking casuals. Uh, you can follow him at YouTube to get real view. We'll just do all that. We are filthy casuals. We are filthy casuals, but that's okay. Thank you guys for coming and joining us. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, State of the Save Republic Commando. It's a one shot with me and Michael, and then uh, we'll be kicking in. Experience. Uh, expect a lot more of these broken, uh, foul corrupted shows. Foul corrupted. Um, as we go along and once again thank you guys for listening stay safe out there